Today is some subject matter that you've heard me rave, rant and rave about before. So we're and in familiar territory. We are in familiar territory, but um, I'm, I'm sharing this with you and I'm sharing this with our beloved Todd Marshall Delissim, Delissim Learyers. No, our Todd Marshall like Delirium listeners. Um, and, the, and I'm answering the question, what the hell is an anti-fragile vacation? Ah, uh, yes. I might as well just okay. put the sleep mask on right now and just let you cruise because I know this well. And in yeah, fact, you, I practice it. Good. Well, as 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 well you should. So 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 the story this the story starts here. So it was ten years ago last month that I got this really nasty bitter taste of what it means to travel fragile. Um, and it was on one of the best vacations I ever took that actually turned out really, 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 really good, but it started off as a disaster. Okay. So it had always, 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 always been on my, ever since I was old enough to recognize that there was a country called New Zealand and that they had summer down there when we're having winter up here, I wanted to go see New Zealand. Um, and not just any old New Zealand, I wanted to see summer New Zealand. You know, which is December and January, you know, high Southern Hemisphere summer. So I, when I reached the time in my life where I could actually check this off my bucket list, I decided to do that. So in uh, autumn of 2012, I booked a trip for December to go to New Zealand, leaving right after Christmas. Hmm. And uh, so New Zealand is a 12 hour plane flight from San Francisco, which is a bit of a trip because I still have to get to San Francisco which means I have to go to drive to Omaha and then fly from Omaha to Denver to San Francisco and so on. So it was a little bit of a compound journey. Um, and so in autumn of 2012, when I booked this, one of the things I noticed was, oh, wow, you go on Google Flights and it lets you optimize for the shortest travel time. Like, that's really cool. So I could get to Omaha and then to Denver to San Francisco and to Auckland in like the shortest time possible, which is amazing. I'm like, wow, the modern world we live in. And so I found the itinerary that would let me do that and I booked it. And it, you know, it was this super efficient travel time and really nice tight layovers and you know, boom, it's December and I can get to New Zealand, you know, Love sooner that. than any human being has ever been able to, you know, get there from where I am ever. And that's what I did. So I booked it. And um it it departed December twenty-seventh, two days after Christmas. That was the departure date. And December twenty-seventh came. And a big winter storm came blowing across the upper Midwest. Uh, and the plane that I was supposed to be on, it, it, it lands in Omaha, and they can't get the passengers off it because the door had frozen shut. And there's this You huge, know, I've heard a lot of things. I have not heard that. I hadn't either. You'd, <laughs> That's you'd pretty think, bad. You'd think planes... <laughs> would be protected against that eventuality. But this particular plane on this particular day in December of 2012 was not. And so there's this huge delay just to get the passengers off the plane so wow. we can get on the plane. And an hour and a half later, we finally board and depart and I get to Denver and I had eaten up all my extra buffer time. Mm -hmm. And that meant I missed the flight to San Francisco that day too. And that meant that afternoon, and that meant I had missed my flight that evening that would leave for Auckland. Hmm. And so they Dang. ended up they ended up rerouting me through Los Angeles, and, but I couldn't get um, to from L.A. to Auckland until the following night. So I anyway, I still went to L.A. had to do an overnight in a hotel there. Meanwhile, my bag goes to San Francisco, and oh. 
from <clears throat> from LA, I do eventually make my way to Auckland a day and a half later. And then I have to notify the airline that, okay, I'm now in Auckland and now they can notify the people back in San Francisco to put my bag on a plane and send it over whenever the next plane is. So when all is said yeah. and done, it's another two days for my bag to arrive. And I'm, I'm in Auckland, New Zealand. It's the end of December. Granted, there are a lot worse places to be on planet Earth than Auckland, New Zealand at the end of December, granted. Yes. But my, my whole plan had been thrown off and here I am delayed and I don't have my travel bag or any of this because I had optimized for the fastest and most efficient travel time. And mm. I didn't account for the fact that this is air travel and there are a lot of connecting little pieces and it's kind of complicated and it's the middle of winter in the U S and storms can blow through and flights get delayed all the time. Yeah. Um, so I had optimized the trip and just ended up making the whole thing super fragile. So one it, little break break in the chain and the whole itinerary to New Zealand falls apart. Yeah, you ended up being like two days late <coughs> to your trip and mm -hmm. another two days without your bag. Yeah. So something like four days without your bag and two um, days. Yes. You, you must have stunk. Yeah. Peel the, you know, peel the underwear off and. You know, I'm, I'm, I made an emergency trip to New Zealand's version of Walmart, which they Isn't call that the, wa the warehouse, the warehouse, the warehouse where Kiwis love to spend their summer. And uh, it was, it's not men's warehouse. No, it was it was the W A R E H O U S E. I'm pretty sure it's uh, like it's like the Kiwi sure. equivalent of of Walmart. So huh. what's 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 funny is it took me another three years to actually figure out and piece together what it was I needed to do about this mm. and how I actually wanted to travel going forward. And it came down to two trips that I took in the summer of 2016. Um, and one was in May and one was in August. So at, at the end of the May, I had I had some paid vacation time with the company. And so I took four days. This was Memorial Day weekend, 2016. And I was like, you know what? I want to go driving. And I want to go see Western Nebraska because there's a bunch of yeah. Western Nebraska that I ain't never seen. Um, specifically, I wanted to see the Nebraska Sandhills. Um, mm. And uh, so I know there are going to be a disproportionate number of European people listening to this and, you know, British Isles and all of the isle islands around it listening to this. Um, Lincoln, where I live, is in far southeast Nebraska. You know this. But um, Nebraska covers a lot of land area and Lincoln to the middle of the sand hills is the same distance as a crow flies as London to like the center of the Republic of Ireland. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So which yeah. it funnily enough, Nebraska itself is if you threw out a, a dart at the U S and you hit the exact center, you would be really close yeah. to just about there. You'd be, like yeah, you'd be right there in the middle of the plane. You might be on the Nebraska Kansas, Kansas border. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make the trip because everyone had always said that Nebraska Highway 2 running through the Sand Hills is a terrific drive. Like some one of the, you know, like what are some of the best scenic byways in the country? This one always is somewhere in the top 20. In a, mm. in a few people, it's even in the top 10. Um, so cause it's just such a specifically Nebraska thing. Course. which is so nice. So that's what I did. I got in my car. I have my road atlas, some snacks and some podcasts and audiobooks. Um, no reservations anywhere. Just got on the highway and went west. Wow. And I spent the next three days just exploring 
and I didn't have to be anywhere. And of course I brought my camera and my best lenses and I took a bunch of pictures, which I still have, um, you know, found a hotel, not hard to do at the end of the day. And it struck me. I'm like, you know, this is a completely different way to travel, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the, one of the things I really liked was staying away from interstates, us highways, and just taking state highways because there was something qualitatively different about them, which I really mm. liked. Um, more on that in a second. But this was this was so nice that I decided to do it again, same summer, just in August. And this time, instead of Nebraska, I went down to Kansas and into Missouri. And same thing, you know, I'm I know the general direction I want to go, but beyond that, I don't have any other plans. Just bring the camera, follow the roads, see what pops up. Um, and what was interesting about the fall trip was I had an audiobook playing in the car hmm. and the audiobook was the book anti-fragile by <laughs> Nassim Nicholas Taleb. And so I'm listening to this the whole way, you know, and I'm stopping and taking pictures and then getting back in the car. And over the course of the, those four days in Missouri and Kansas, you know, I drive and I'd stop and I take pictures and I, you know, go walking through parks and stuff. And then I get back in the car and keep listening to the audiobook. And I realized I was doing something completely different from the way most people do stuff. Mm. And that was anti-fragile travel. I was having an anti-fragile vacation, which I realized on my vacation, listening to the book, anti-fragile. Um, yeah. Cause in the book, Taleb, Nassim Taleb talks about tourists who create really high stress trips for themselves, you know, where they're booking planes and trains and, and tour groups and, you know, hotels, and they have to be here by such and such a time, you know, and they have really narrow itineraries. And Taleb's like, you know, when you do that, you're always just asking for something to go wrong. Mm. And so I, I realized looking back, I'm like, well, that's exactly what happened when I tried to go to New Zealand. And now what I'm doing is the 180 degree opposite of this. So when I, when I got home, I wrote up my new rules for how I wanted to travel and I call it my anti-fragile vacation. So again, fragile vacation, you got fixed destinations and hard bookings and deadlines and a little bit of randomness and unexpected chaos and you can ruin your trip. And an anti-fragile vacation is the opposite. As few bookings and deadlines as you can get away with and, um, and then if random shit happens, it might make it more fun and interesting. So, yeah. so here's, here's a quick rundown of, of, of the rules. No exact destinations, just a direction on a compass and a roadmap. No bookings or reservations anywhere more than one or two hours in advance. Mm-hmm. Never be in a hurry to get anywhere by any deadline ever. Um, if you can skip using your GPS or your sat nav, great. Just follow the terrain and rely on your wits if you're comfortable with that. Um, in the U.S., stay away from the interstates because mm-hmm. they're noisy and they're always speed traps and law enforcement and they're always built through the flattest, most uninteresting terrain. And they cut through terrain rather than following terrain, right? And a lot of the towns through them are also the flattest, most corporate, uninteresting areas that are so yes. indistinguishable from one another that yes. you won't even notice yes. that you transitioned into Colorado yeah. two you're, hours ago. You're driving through meaningless, flat, uniform American suburbia, yeah. corporate suburbia, and you're not you're not seeing any towns, exactly. So um, I like to stick to state highways and county roads. If you can find an official scenic byway, take it by all means. Mm. And very often state highways and county roads will be every bit as good anyway. Um, and whatever route you take on the way out, be sure and take a different route when you come back. 
um, you know, stop for everything you feel like stopping for. You know, if there's a scenic view or a historical marker or a funny museum, um, just do it. And, you know, if you feel tired, stop. If you want to nap, stop. If you want to go pee, go pee. If you want to sit by a river, go sit by a river. Mm-hmm. Um, so something interesting I noticed that is observably physical um, is when you get away from the U.S. interstates on a trip like this, you start following state highways and count, um, county roads, sometimes country roads. Um, you start feeling the actual terrain, like the natural terrain of the countryside because the oh. roads, much more so with state highways and county roads, they follow the contours of the land. Mm-hmm. They don't slice through the land. They curve with it and move with it. Mm-hmm. And you, this is especially observable in the Nebraska sand hills. And I took all kinds of photographs of it and... I saw the same thing in Missouri, the same thing in Kansas, everywhere. Like, this is what happens when you follow the land. And, you know, even now I like, I, I love going back and looking through some of the photographs I took because the, the pictures always capture this just naturally, just the contours of the land and the warp and the woof of, of everything. So on, on, on kind of a metaphorical level on our, on our general theme here, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is, the landscape, if you will, of being a feeler perceiver mm. and interesting and, and being able to bypass the world of thinker judgers, right? Cause there are no ticking clocks and no place you have to get to. And it's just you moving along with the physical space you're traveling through. So there you go. And again, it's anti-fragile, which means whatever happens, even maybe including your vehicle breaking down on the side of the road. Yeah. It's all part of the adventure and it doesn't really necessarily have to ruin anything. It might just make the trip more interesting. No, of course. So there you go. That's a really interesting perspective on that. I, I have something to add there because I had yeah. my own anti-fragile vacation um, experience lately. So I was, mm. I was in New Orleans for a, a work event we call Roundtable, which is literally five days, including like flying in of working from about 7 a.m. till about 8 or 9 p.m. every night, you know, uh, helping people, clarifying issues, because it's a mastermind format where a bunch of business owners come into a room with usually a single leader or a single guru. Those can be equal parts exhilarating or exhausting. Yes. And and my job, because I'm a salesperson, I'm a client liaison, is I'm... If I'm going to say something, it is going to be relevant to you. I'm going to keep the momentum. I'm going to keep everybody on time. I'm going to make sure everyone's happy, and I'm going to deal with any issues before anyone notices them, right? So I'm on all day, Mm. right? And so I had spent the whole week, Monday through Friday, in New Orleans, and the end of the day was Friday, and I, uh, my girlfriend takes the train in, and mm. she meets me there, and we go out to dinner with a few of the clients. And then the end of the day is there. We go to our B&B, and I wake up the next day. And we have a set of things we want to do. Right. Right? We're in New Orleans. We're right next to the French Quarter. Well, what are we going to do? And we proceeded. We didn't have any deadlines. Yep. We, didn't ha- we had a list of like 20 things we wanted to do. 
but none of them had deadlines. It's like, well, where do you want to go to breakfast? It's just a wish. Well, it's just a wish list. Yeah, it's a wish list, and we knew. Yeah, we're not going to get everything here. But do you right. want to go to Cafe Du Do you want to go to this uh, a different thing Options. that my dad recommended? Do you want to go to they like and and we Options. just start just traipsing through the French Quarter, yes. and we're having a gorgeous time. And I'm I'm I could tell. This, that Saturday morning, I'm still like regimented and I'm on it and I'm 100% still in Roundtable or Roundtable is still in me. Right. And it took the whole day of not having any schedule because the whole day is regimented from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. It is but regimented. This was a Saturday making, and it was different. It, it was completely different. Yeah. And like I got coffee when I wanted to. If we if we wanted to check out like a, an antique store, we just went into the antique store. If we wanted yep. to go back to take a nap, we could totally go back to take a nap. Yep. We got food when we wanted to. You can take drinks with you on the road, and it and I could just feel myself unwind in mm-hmm. a really meaningful way. And I was like, God, this is a great way to experience New Orleans. That is the landscape and, of of yeah. Oh, oh, it was spectacular. And 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 weird things did happen. For instance, um Dylan McGee, John McGee's son, who I've known since I was probably five, was also in New Orleans because his dad was in New Orleans visiting some friends that he has there. And turns out his friends built a their own homemade Mardi Gras float, which was a because Mardi Gras floats started the week before we showed up and happened every weekend until Mardi Gras, which is, I believe, Fat Tuesday, um, right after Lent. And so we got to, like, traipse through, the like, the, that evening's Mardi Gras parade and see their own custom float that they had built, which was, like, a 15-foot-tall metal robot that was mm-hmm. that was steered by somebody on a bicycle. It was hilarious and it was wonderful. And and we would not have been able to do that if it was thoroughly regimented. We were late for dinner. Fine. It was eight PM and we weren't hungry and we were just like, Yeah, I'll check out a big fucking robot. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Sure. Yeah, so you you've described the difference between being a tourist and being mm-hmm. a flaneur. F L A N E U R. It's a French word, and it's it's the person who just ambles about town, maybe literally following their nose, mm. just saying what looks interesting, what smells interesting. That's good. I so, like that. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm I'm a happy flaneur. I understand there's a place and time for tourism and and being structured. Like sometimes you can sometimes only get into the, the museum true. at yes. this time, but everything else. Cool. Let's get on the tube, see what happens. Absolutely. That's very good. Thank you. That's very cool. good. Um, tomorrow I'm going to, I actually am going to talk about Roundtable and how Roundtable was oh, torture hey. for me. Oh. And, then how it, and then the day it changed. Kyler, you made me happy about anti-fragile vacations and I'll look forward to talking tomorrow. Tomorrow.